Autobots transform. Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm John. And today it is episode five of season one of Transformers Animated. It is total meltdown. Before we get into the show and who this episode was written by, Paul, I want to take a quick moment to say that uh, Rene Abergenois has passed. Yeah. At least at the time of this recording. He was, many of you would know him as uh, Odo from Deep Space Nine. That's that's where I knew him best. Yeah. Uh, it's, we then, you know, you and I met him again as Dr. Braxis in uh, Challenge of the GoBots. Yeah. I think it's safe to say you and I are both fans of Star Trek and GoBots. Yeah. He, he was even, uh, he was the first Father Mulcahy on the screen. He was Father Mulcahy in the MASH movie. He so. was. Uh, anyway, he has He's been around. He has influenced uh, Paul and my life. And if you're listening to this show, dear listener, he's influenced yours as well. He passed at the age of 79. By the time you hear this episode... It will have been, some time will have passed, but as we record it, um, he has left us and we just uh, wanted to give that a moment. We will now move on to happier things, uh, and I'm going to compliment the writer of this episode, is Rich Fogel. And Paul, he had one of those names that I was like, I know that name. Where do I know that yep. name? So I had IMDb. From something. Yeah. Uh, this guy wrote for, um, I don't know if you remember, like the Super Friends, Challenge of the Super Friends, way back in the day. That was a show, like, if it was on on Saturday morning, you just keep watching it, but I... I wasn't ever really a huge fan of it, I don't think. No, I, I'm well, actually, I was going to say me either, but I just realized I actually own like five DVDs of that show. <laughs> I loved that show as a kid. Uh, but uh, Rich Fogel also wrote for like the Smurfs and DuckTales and, and Goof Troop and Batman animated and Superman. He, he did wow. a ton of shit. Uh, so Rich Fogel's another one of those people that was a huge part of our childhood. We, we never knew who he was. Uh, we do now. Uh, last time on Transformers Animated, Megatron awoke in Sumdax Lab and immediately began to plan the audio. Autobots demise, and in this episode, we're going to watch some TV. Yep, they're, they're going to learn about Earth customs by watching TV, the Autobots are, and they have like 5,000 channels. I like what Bulkhead does here. He transforms the things on his back into a chair yes. that's attached to him. He sits down in that, and he pulls up a barrel of oil, sticks a straw in it. It was the only time I've ever seen kibble, Transformers kibble, actually used in a transformation. <laughs> it's brilliant. It'd be neat if you could actually do that with the toy. I don't, I've never seen the toy, but I bet you never know. Uh, but there's, yeah, so they're watching, uh, basically they're just, they go through like a destruction derby. There's a couple different things they watch. Yeah. And, uh, Bulkhead has a funny line here because the commercial for gasoline comes on when the lady sticks the nozzle in the car, he's like, ah, that looks like it hurts. <laughs> so do Autobots have a gasoline, like a, <laughs> what happens after that is they switch to a wrestling match that has some guy who we find out later his name is Prometheus Black. He's played by Peter Stormare. I'm probably getting his name wrong, but he's he's the guy from the Volkswagen ad, and he's in a lot of stuff. He he's in uh, Fargo, the movie, not the show. Um, he was give us the money, Lebowski. He's been. In I knew I recognized his voice. Yeah, I was like, who yeah. is this guy? He's he's been in stuff you've you've heard, dear listener. Uh, but he's I guess he's got this wrestling match between machine and human. Yeah, because uh, he's a biomedical engineer who can give you that body always wanted and if you don't believe him just watch one of my success stories beat the daylights out of some job stealing robot in a fight to the finish and ratchet watching this he's like what kind of ram damaged moron would agree to be in such a degrading spectacle and it's bumblebee <laughs> can i say can i say paul you actually do a really good ratchet here oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it, yeah it's bumblebee comes out everybody at optimus hq is like Mat! and bumblebee is paired up against this tiny little like, he's got a Fu Manchu, but he's got weird green skin. Yeah. Like he, he looks, I'm making quote signs here, 
Asian. Mm. However, it's nowhere near as bad as anything I'm like G1 or GoBots. Uh, so no, Bumblebee's no. about to fight this guy when he, I guess he goes like full on Bane. He does something like there's these like green pump things on his shoulders. They activate and they literally pump him up and he's massive. Yeah, he kicks the shit out of Bumblebee. Oh yeah, it's like it's over before it starts. <laughs> and uh, up in the, the box, I guess, Dennis Franz, did you call him? Captain Fanzone. He can't get the hot dog robot that's up there to put any mayonnaise on his hot dog and he hates machines and it shoots napkins all over the room. I can understand Fanzone on a level because the machines in this world, everything is over mechanized. I can put, well, I don't know what he was trying to put on his ketchup because, or in his hot dog, because there was a red button and then a yellow button, and I get ketchup and mustard. What was, like, onions? Sauerkraut? Yeah, the it's a white button? button. I just wrote down as mayonnaise, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, onions, Do I guess, would make more sense. people put mayonnaise in their hot dogs? No. They put mayonnaise on pizza in Japan. I used to have a pen pal, and uh, yeah, she told me that. Yeah, true story. Oh, hey, Japan? <laughs> Japan, if you're listening to this one, what the fuck? <laughs> Either way, uh, Prometheus, he comes in and he asks uh, Captain Fanzone, are you enjoying the show? And Captain Fanzone's like, oh, yeah, the VIP parking and the neck massage and all this. And, you know, this is borderline bribing a police officer. But, yeah, I don't care. He really does not care. Uh, we go back to the fight where uh, the, Cyrus is just kicking the shit out of Bumblebee. And Sari uses the magic key because Bumblebee just like a port opens up. She plugs it in and suddenly he's ready for round two. Yep, he's up. And now I guess he remembers that he's an Autobot and he transforms his feet and starts zooming zooming around this guy like he's on roller skates and he gets in a drop kick to the back of the head but then the guy pumps up even more and punches bumblebee through the fucking wall of the building <laughs> yeah, literally out jumps up yeah jumps out of the ring through the hole chases bumblebee and uh we get outside he just starts wailing on bumblebee sorry tries to use the key to power him up again but she can't reach him and this is evidence right here as to why sorry should not possess the key Mm -hmm. <laughs> they should be given to <laughs> arguably Optimus Prime or Ratchet because if it can just juice up and heal any Autobot in the middle of a fight, somebody in the fight should have it. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, commercial break. Yeah, and uh, when we come back, this guy is still throwing everything in the parking lot of Bumblebee and tells him, get up and fight. What are you, yellow? And Bumblebee's like, well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. that. Uh, Fanzone and Black run out at that point, and he's like, Fanzone's like, hey, turn that thing off, dearie. <laughs> And uh, why is he saying A? He's Canadian, he's Canadian now. now. He's he's from like rural Ontario, yeah. but like <laughs> southern, really close to the border. So he's got that American twang there, but he's still saying A, right? <laughs> Fucking hoser. Uh, and Black Take is off. like, hey, the thing doesn't have an... <laughs> yeah. Black says the thing doesn't have an off switch. Um, and just then, the Autobots arrive. Yeah, because this guy's about to flatten Bumblebee with another car, but Ratchet grabs it with his magnet beam, and now... Bumblebee is suddenly all sensitive about his size because Prime's like, oh, we have bigger problems. And he's yeah, like, what, bigger than me? And then Paul Kidd like, tackles this guy and he's like, fine, right? But then why don't you like Paul Kidd's big enough to do it? But he's not. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. And, and then they like, so after they take out Cyrus or they land over a bit, they all start just throwing jabs at him. Um, and yeah, like you said, he's really touchy about it. But Cyrus, he, he comes back at Bulkhead. They end up setting off a car alarm. And Cyrus goes, oh, my head. And that's that's uh, enough time for Prowl to throw like his ninja stars at the little uh, cylinder things, the pump things you were talking about. And this is, yeah, when they start really digging in of just like short chokes at Bumblebee's expense. Yeah, but uh, this ludicrous display is all the captain needed to see. He's going to have the mayor cancel all the contracts with Prometheus, and he just walks away rather than, you know, charging this guy with the amount of destruction that <laughs> literally is his fault in this parking lot anyway. And 
Prometheus curses these filthy machines and turns to leave. But then he finds a piece of Bumblebee's arm that came off in the battle and it's got Energon on it. Yeah, Energon is, I guess in this uh, series, it's purple goo. Energon or, or yeah, or it's Autobot blood, whatever it would be. I, I called it Energon. Yes, but we do go back to... Um, I was going to say fan zone, but to Black then, who's in his lab. And like in previous episodes, I've gone on a couple times about this is a superhero show. And watching this whole master scene here with a uh, uh, Black, this is almost beat for beat the origin story of the Green Goblin. <laughs> okay. Not not familiar with that, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. Well, he's he's in his lab, and he's basically he gets the call. Uh, you know, he's I'm one step away from doing it all. This is my awful awful German accent. One <laughs> step away from doing it all, even though uh, the voice actor is Swedish. Um, and then he gets the call from a guy saying, "Oh, the investors aren't happy, and we're cutting off all your funding, and no more human testing." So then Black obviously was going to test on himself, and he gets caught in a cloud of gas. He turns into a supervillain. That's almost beat for beat. How the Green Goblin came to be. Yeah, so he, like, they were giving him human test subjects before, because they really gloss over that quick. <laughs> Where do you get them? Yeah, he stumbles out of his lab, and now he's got hot green shit flowing down his face that corrodes the wall when he touches it, but his clothes are fine, his glasses are fine, they're made out of polyethylene. I got that from Breaking Bad. <laughs> um, so we then go to Sumdak, and he's doing this presentation to the police of his new drone, which is kind of like a Fisher-Price version of ED-209. Uh, I have it down as, now we're watching Robocop, we're even in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, quick side note, if, uh, dear listener, if you've never seen Ro Robocop, you should watch it, and if you haven't watched it, you should watch the the extended director's cut because it's like even gorier and bloodier than the original. It's great. <laughs> um, but this Ed 209, as soon as it, it's like he's, he's uh, some decks presenting this to like fan zone and the mayor. And as soon as it's, you know, it's about to do whatever it's going to do, it blows up. Yep, and apparently that wasn't what was supposed to happen. And Dr. Sumdeck doesn't understand how that could have happened. But uh, everyone kind of clears it. And sorry, picks up a piece of metal off this thing and it has some green shit on it and now we're at autobot headquarters and ratchet's analyzing it and he's sure it must have been sabotage and this stuff can even melt autobot alloys yeah and then everybody's a dick to bumblebee again because ratchet wants to run more tests and should only take a few hours and bumblebee's like that long and then somebody says ah his attention span is short too and then bumblebee gets mad at that and brawl says his fuse is short too and then ah the ninja bot gets in a good one and bulkhead and brawl high five uh, sorry interrupts all of that and she's like okay yeah whatever but my dad is obviously a target of something we need to go warn him now that there's sabotage so optimus orders everybody to transform and roll out or as i like to say it to faro <laughs> Uh, joking aside though, this, I know I've shit on the, uh, the transformation animation in this series. This is solid. Oh yeah. It's like what we called it before, like the, the Sailor Moon Power Rangers montage of them all transforming, but yeah, it's really detailed. Yeah. You see how parts move, lock in, get covered up. Uh, you see, um, Bulk's kibble, like cover his arms up. It's, it all works. Um, they head out, but we then go to some DAC labs where Black arrives in his super villain costume and introduces himself to the robotic rep receptionist as Meltdown. Yeah, I called it his Elvis suit with the high collar and platform shoes. Very tasteful. It but, <laughs> really is. But yeah, he says he's here to see Dr. Isaac Sumdak, and she's like, do you have an appointment? And then he just blasts it with acid. Can I go back to the Elvis suit, though, for a second? It's fat Elvis suit. It's yes, like the last yes. three years of his career. Elvis this is mid-70s Elvis here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is sweating on the stage. <laughs> Wants a deep fried cheeseburger, Elvis suit. <laughs> but uh, melting down the 
receptionist that sets an alarm off and up in his office, Dr. Sumdeck's like, oh no, another malfunction. What is it this time? But then Sari gets on the screen and it's looking at her through Bumblebee's windshield. So like, is the camera on Bumblebee's hood looking back at her? <laughs> it's a dash mounted cam that they were using for filming. Because, you know, when you watch in movies where like somebody says, oh, I have a picture from years ago and they pull out this picture and you're like, that is obviously just a frame from the movie earlier. How did that picture come to be? That's what this is. They didn't set up a new camera angle. And uh, I'm talking about a cartoon as if it's real life. Anyway, uh, Meltdown shows up in the lab, commercial break, or in some Dak's office. But when we come back, the Autobots get to the lab and they can't enter because there's an automatic force field that just goes up during times of attack. Yeah, sorry, forgot to tell them about that. And Bumblebee's like, that's a stupid design. Like, if, if the place is in trouble, how can anyone get in to help them? <laughs> Don't worry, Ratchet has magnets. Um, the shit this guy does with magnets is incredible, but he creates a little hole in the shield and, uh, they're, um, sorry. And Bumblebee get through just as Cyrus shows up and Optimus credit where credit's due is a legitimate leader here. Yeah. He tell, says, all right, you and sorry, get in there. Prowl, you go with them. Uh, Bulkhead and I will hold this guy off, but, and Prowl tries the ninja star bit again, but turns out, uh, the boss fixed that little weakness, uh, the guy says. Yeah, but before uh, Prowl and then Ratchet can get in the shield to disable all this shit, uh, Bulk gets smashed by Cyrus and knocked ass first into the hole, blocks it off. So Ratchet's like, be and sorry, you're on your own. It's like Winnie the Pooh stuck in Rabbit's fucking window. Remember that? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, Sari and Bumblebee, they get inside and Sari runs to a computer to try and get the force field down and Bumblebee pries open the elevator doors. And this is really cool. He jumps in, braces his back against one side and his feet against the other, like the Grinch coming down the chimney. Remember that? And then his wheels on his shoulders and his feet, he drives up the elevator shaft. Like, fuck, that was that was pretty neat. This series is doing that more and more, especially with Bumblebee. And I love every time they do it, when he slides up a wall, anything they use where they're like halfway between the transformation, love that shit. Yeah. Uh, so back in Sumdak's office, um, Meltdown is confronting him and Meltdown is pissed off that even though he's more handsome and smarter than Sumdak, Sumdak keeps locking out. Everything he touches turns to gold. Everything black slash Meltdown touches turns to shit. And this was the point in the episode where I, I think I realized, Paul, that the antagonist of this series is not Megatron. It's Sumdak. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he realizes that, but yeah, he's really the cause of all the problems. <laughs> exactly. Megatron is a villain, and he's uh, he. they're building him up to be a really good one at the reveal whenever that happens. But yeah, Sumdak is the cause of all the strife and conflict. <laughs> but back down in the lobby, Sari has the force field controls up and uses her key, but that just makes the thing tighter around Bulkhead. Uh, Cyrus smacks Ratchet away, but... Bulkhead just wallops him with the wrecking ball. But the thing that drove me nuts about this was that Ratchet gets on the, the comm to Sarah and he's like, you made it stronger, stronger. Try a different port. And that's literally all she's doing is taking the key and just plugging it into different keyholes, hoping something should work. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and back upstairs, Dr. Sumdak, he's about to get it from Prometheus, but or Meltdown, I guess now. But Bumblebee just zooms in and knocks Meltdown through the wall and then transforms his arm and pulls Dr. Sumdak inside. Yeah, they take off, uh, get shot with a bit of acid. This is when they realize, oh, the guy can shoot acid. Um, there was a really neat bit here, though, where, because uh, some, it's not Sumdak, uh, Meltdown melts the elevator doors shut, so B has to drive down the stairs, and 
Meltdown just melts the floor beneath him, like alien style, and starts chasing them floor through floor. He's just falling down to catch them. Neat idea. But sir, he finally gets the thing, the, the force field down after typing half a page worth of keys and sticking her, her key into something else. And Bulkhead falls on his ass. And back inside, Bumblebee gets to the lobby with Dr. Sumdak and Sari runs and hugs him. But then Meltdown comes down through the ceiling. Yes, he's just about to attack them. Bulkhead just shows up, grabs him, and then this scream of pain as I guess his hand is just started to get corroded away. Yeah, and then back outside, the Autobots still can't put a dent in this Cyrus guy, and he backhands Prime into a bell tower, which apparently the sound interferes with the pump things on his shoulders, and Prell's like, that's it, do it again. So Prime gets the power axe out and just starts wailing on this bell. Yeah, and credit to the writer, old Rich there. Um, this was set up with the car horn earlier and nobody really paid attention to it. It was a very good setup that the viewer got it. The Autobots didn't really catch on and now they have their uh, revelation. But yeah, they just, <laughs> Optimus is wailing on this bell and it's enough that uh, Cyrus turns back into <laughs> little guy. Well, they, Ratchet even pulls the thing down with his magnet oh, yeah, beams, yeah. so it's right yeah. over his yeah. head, yeah. and Prime's just bang, 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 bang on the fucking thing. So we, oh, I laughed. We go inside, and uh, Meltdown shooting, oh, Meltdown goes to shoot Acid at Bulk, who is just wounded, and B jumps in front of him, takes the shot, ah, that's his big heroic moment. Um, and just when that happens, the rest of the Autobots run in, and Optimus Prime throws the bell on top of Meltdown, and Meltdown just melts out of it. <laughs> I was just waiting for him to start beating up the thing with the axe again, see if it works <laughs> on him. But, that uh, would be good. Ratchet Even calls if it, it the, didn't work, that I think, like, Meltdown is human. That would rupture your eardrums. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, he melts his way out, and Ratchet calls it the acid that melts through anything, and Ratchet suggests they use the same thing on him that stopped them earlier, the auto-defense field. Okay, another thing this series is really good at thus far is having the moment at the end where they work as a team, and this is it. Optimus suggests something. Ratchet says to Sari, hey, get behind the console there and turn on the force field. He plugs himself in with, like, I guess he throws his... AV jack. <laughs> Sorry, plugs him in. And then he uses, I guess, the console somehow with that cord. And he uses his magnets to create a force field around Meltdown, who just gets trapped in there with his own acid. Yep. So I guess they're just going to keep him here in the lobby from now on as a decoration. But Forever. Until he dies in that cell from starvation in front of everybody. <laughs> it's a kid's show. soda. Ratchet calls the green shit covering this guy the acid that can eat through anything. I'm sure it would do some. You ever do that experiment? You know what? It's too stupid to worry about, and I don't know shit about chemistry. So let's talk about how this idiot is going to sell his ID to the chief of police by staging a no-rules-whatsoever fight to the finish against an Autobot to prove that his enhanced humans are superior to Dr. Sumdex's mindless police drones. Like, well... Yeah, if you compare it to a built-on-Earth, single-purpose automaton, but Bumblebee's an Autobot. He's a sentient being. Wrestling Bumblebee isn't going to prove anything besides that one of them is the better wrestler. And to prove that this cybernetically enhanced schmuck I pulled off the street is superior to an electric can opener, he and Chef Gaston here are going to go ten rounds smacking each other with frying pans. All right, gentlemen, I want a good clean fight. Nothing below the belt. Now, touch frying pans. Hey, is that Teflon coated? That's resisting to acid, you know. Don't know why I brought that up. 
full useless trivia. And here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Dip Pickers podcast show. The next episode of Transformers Animated that Paul and I are going to watch is Blast from the Past. Ooh. If you want to see two guys who never really grew up, you can find <laughs> us on Twitter. I'm at John Sobey. Paul is at pmacpherson1. He is not wrong. And uh, make sure you rate and review the show on your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with. And tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. Let's be honest. We're, we're men in our 40s doing a show about this cartoon. <laughs> a part of us never grew up. Thank nope. God. You can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com. And until the next episode, keep on transformed. See you later. Some job-stealing robot.